espero que nadie se, se ofenda, pero hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Balcão da área, de Pereira Mechuca, cruzou Gilberto, que confusão vai ser o primeiro, tirou para dentro! Absolutamente fenomenal da parte de Otamendi. Vai Rafa Zolado para o gol. A Chapelada tirou para dentro. Faltava o gol do Ribatejano. É Benfica, é Benfica, é Benfica. Só nós sentimos isso. Today, we have uh, the usual suspects here, myself, uh, Mike, we got Bill, we got Oscar, we got Kenny. He had some technical difficulties, but he managed to get on. I'm assuming you're on your phone. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Ta turn your phone landscape so your image looks the other way. Um, how are we, gentlemen, on this Monday evening? Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Everyone seems, everyone seems excited. Um para a malta que esteja a ver em português, um, hoje temos o nosso podcast de inglês. Estão à vontade de deixar os vossos comentários uh, na caixa dos comentários, uh, as opiniões, as questões, uh, nós poderemos ir abordando uh, os vossos comentários. Se quiserem o podcast em português, com um painel diferente, temos uh, aqui quarta-feira, a partir das 21 horas, hora de Portugal. Por isso, estão à vontade de participar aqui no nosso cantinho. Hoje é o cantinho em inglês. Uh, esteja à vontade e regressamos com outro painel uh, na quarta-feira às 21 horas. Um, last to talk about today, we have um, Portimonense 1, Benfica 2. Uh, we'll talk about that game, another come from behind. Uh, we'll talk about Svilad, um, his contract's ending, he seems like he's heading to Roma, um, but more talk about, uh, you know, this thing that seems to be coming more of a consistent which is players running their contracts down right do we think it's going to be the new normal are there ways that clubs can somehow avoid this or, or do clubs really have to look at a four-year contract more as a two-year contract right and in year three basically make that decision right are we going to cut ties and, and get back what we can financially or are we going to ride it out and lose significant money at the end of the year or at the end of the contract um, wasn't on the agenda, but I did want to talk about it quickly and see your thoughts on how, or if you think that a similar situation, we could be headed down that path in Portugal, um, situation that happened in Mexico over the weekend, which was absolutely disastrous. Um, and it, it, it made me think, and I wanted to get you guys opinion on the rivalry, the hatred that there is outside of the field. Um, we've seen certain situations in Portugal. Um, from a physical aspect with authorities, with fans. Um, and do you think that that, serves, that should serve as, a, as an example 
um, for all those other countries around the world to, you know, this is where you could be headed unless you kind of um, put a stop to it ahead of time. And then, of course, at the end, we all thought we were done talking about this topic a month and a half ago, but uh, we're not. Um, PZ had an interview this weekend with Record, uh, which we don't know if it was uh, consented or not. But regardless, he had an interview with Record. Bruno Lage had a comment in there. Rui Vittori had a comment in there. Um, and a little bit more information came to light. Um, I'm sure Oscar was very excited as soon as Bill sent the text message. Um, he set his alarm clock so he can read the article. And then all he had to read is about three sentences. And he was he was convinced that what he believes in is, is what's the fact. So we'll touch on that quickly at the end as well. As always, those of you watching us live, uh, join the conversation. Give us your thoughts. Give us your feedback, uh, your questions in the, the comments. Let us know you're there. Give us a hello. Give us a good evening. Um, as always, we appreciate it, and it makes this a little bit more interactive. Uh, before we start, I just wanted to also say uh, we surpassed 21,000 followers on our Facebook page. Um, so uh, over the course of about a week and a half, we went from 20,000 to 21. Um, so big jump. So appreciate everyone's support um, and following us, and, and hopefully you enjoy it. If if not, we're, we apologize, but it seems like people seem to enjoy us, whether whether they agree with us or not, I guess is indifferent. Um, also to mention that we got um, a new contributor to our website. We now have coverage of men's uh, soccer. We have volleyball, men's and women's, and we now have uh, futsal, uh, the men's futsal. We have some coverage on our website as well. So the whole point is trying to create one one-stop shop for Benfica as it relates to sports, to modalidades, um, and we're slowly getting there. But uh, that's just one more step that we're taking towards that. Uh, Red Baron, he's back with us. Good evening. Good evening to you. Um, look forward to some of your thoughts on some of the topics that we have for today. Uh, and then last, before we get started, is Benfica's women's basketball team won their second consecutive Taça de Portugal this weekend, 78-82 to 82 against Gdesa Barreiro. So uh, hats off to them. At least someone at the club is winning silverware because the men aren't doing it at the moment. <laughs> but maybe soon. Maybe soon. We'll see. Uh, Portimonis won. Benfica 2. Um, a game that uh, I feel like... The perception is going to be that it was terrible, but I'm of a different opinion. But we'll get to that. But if you can start with Vlacodimus, Gilberto, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Grimaldo, Everton, Weigl, Tarat, Rafa, Yaramchuk, Gonzalo Ramos. Yaramchuk uh, uh, got the start. Uh, Darwin had been sick. He had missed some uh, practice during the week. So not surprised that he didn't get the start. And he only came in in the last 10 minutes or so. A game that we went down 1-0. And we once again had to come back from behind and fortunately got the three points. Uh, Oscar, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on this game? Um, and do you feel like, I feel like the perception is that it was a terrible game. Um, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the flashiest. It wasn't a game where we played our best. It wasn't a game that we created a ton of chances. But I also don't think it was a game that we ever looked uncomfortable, I guess. Even though when we went 1-0, I thought we still had control of the game. But thoughts on the game i mean i agree with that we, it wasn't a beautiful game uh it was a game that we just did enough uh, if you think back when we go down one zero we can almost guarantee that we either tie or lose and for us to come have the personality to come you know to come out and, and fight for the result so it, it was in the way 
it was a, a good effort from the team. It wasn't beautiful, like I said. It was not a pretty game. Um, I mean, I didn't see. I, I saw a lot of the highlights, and I saw a lot of the re, like. I didn't watch the whole ninety minutes or whatever. That this case is like one hundred and ten minutes. <laughs> but uh, but I, it was I like one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I don't know, whatever it was. But I, 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 I'm you know honest. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, but from what I saw, I it was a, a game where they showed a lot of character. Like they they came back from behind. Um, you know. And when we, to be honest, when we went up to one, Portuguese probably had the better chances after that. Like the second half, after we we scored one, uh, the two one, it was more Portuguese uh, having those chances on net. So it wasn't beautiful, but it was a result. It was a W. Bill, thoughts on the game? Do you agree with that? Um, and I thought that for me, Weigel had been accumulating a few games here where he wasn't at his best. Um, we've talked about it before, lots of games, um, lots of expectation, fatigue. Um, this was a game that I thought he actually looked better. Um, statistically, uh, a goal point rated him the best 7.5 of everyone, but he had a 98% pass efficiency, uh, five out of six long passes he hit. Um, you know, he, he, uh, one one-on-one battles, four of four. He had four interceptions. Um, he recovered possession seven times. So it was a game that I thought that he looked like the Weigel that we had seen at the beginning of the season. Still not there, but thoughts, did you see the same thing or, or do you still feel like he's he's on a decline? No, I, I agree. I think I think most players will, will have kind of uh, ups and downs throughout, throughout the season, especially when you're playing um, Champions League, the Tosta, like it's every three days they have games and eventually it's going to catch up to, to everyone. And we definitely saw that with Weigel. He definitely dropped off in form for a bit. Um, but oh, against Puerto Minutes, I think he, he looked like his normal self, not 100% there yet, but it definitely a performance of his of his uh, caliber. Um, and I agree with what Oscar said. I think we, we controlled we were controlling the game and I think we just had like mental lapses. Like we've seen all season where we just kind of, kind of turn it off for a second or two. And they, it always seems like whenever an opponent gets a single chance, they put it away. And like, it takes us two or three before we can get one. Um, and I think that's what happened with, with the Puerto Minutes goal. I think I still don't understand what Otamendi was trying to do. Tut opted a horrible ball. And then yeah. <laughs> Otamendi, I don't know if he thought Fertongan was closer to him and was trying to cut the pass off, like the outside pass, but like, I don't know. It just, he literally moved and just gave the guy like opposite a direction, mass pike size lane down the middle and it was wide open. Like, it just, I, I don't understand what he was trying to do there, but it's, it's lapses like that that we've seen all season that come back to bite us in the ass. And it, it was good to see that we were able to fight back and get the, get the win and not drop points and, um, but is now looking like a pretty tight second place battle. Like I, at this don't point, get into that. That's one of my questions. I mean, no, don't get into that. That's Bef- one of my at this questions. point, Benfica squeaking out wins, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So, um, yeah. Um, before I pass it to Kenny, did you think it was a penalty on Otamendi? I think it was in the second half, first half, first half, corner kick. Uh, Guy shoves him from behind. What do you think? I, I mean. In Portugal, we've seen it, but I don't. I I think it would have been very harsh if it was a PK. It would. I, okay. We've seen worse that hasn't been called, and we've seen 
less that has been called in Portugal. So, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was called, but in my opinion, I, I don't think it was okay. Okay. Oscar, I'm going to ask you before I go to Kenny, did you think it was a penalty? No. Okay. I think I think it would have been a very harsh call. Okay. Kenny, thoughts on the game? Um, thoughts on the penalty? Because I know you were in the messages in our group chat and you felt. I thought that there was enough there. Again, like Bill says, we've seen them given, right? We've seen less given. So, again, I just – and we talked – Kenny, you and I talked about it as well in the group chat, which is uh, that guy that came on in the second half for Portimonense. His name was uh, Zapata. Like four four plays in a row, like really hard challenges, didn't get a card, and then Paul Bernardo makes one fall and gets a yellow card. Like it's complete. The criteria and the consistency is just completely out the window. But thoughts on the game, thoughts on the penalty, and then my question to you is going to be: Joe Mario once again. Oh, Kenny, sideways. Can you hear us at least? <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, that's there. Can you hear me? <laughs> Can you hear me now? No. What did he do? Uh, all right. When we while we wait for Kenny to come back, Oscar, what are your thoughts on um, João Mario? Right, another game where he didn't start. Another game or where he didn't even come in. Um, we talked about it last week, right? Is he losing space here? Uh, I think. What I do think you read from it? I I think he needs a rest. Uh, I I think he like we talked about Rafa too when Rafa was like having bad performance after bad performance we thought you know he needed to sit on the bench a few couple of games kind of recoup his batteries and and go from there. Joao Mario is a is a is probably one of if not our best midfielder he is so like we need we need him at his as uh, at his max and and him being playing every single game is not going to get him there. It's not he can't no possibly stay at the at, at his top level every single for the whole season. So maybe recharging his batteries, maybe just, uh, you know, like let, let give him a couple of games and then come back fresh. I think that's, I hope that's all it is. Okay. Uh, I saw a report today that was saying, essentially saying he's done at Benfica and they look into offload him in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. We Again. We a lot of reports. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Kenny tries to figure out his technology issues. Agrippino, boa noite, Agrippino. Um, he says, Boas malta, penso que cobríssemo desde depois de Tarata jogar titular. O jogo e a tática do Benfica melhorou. E com Gonçalo Ramos a titular também. Um, Bill, what do you think of that? Because, uh, and you know, just to answer to, to Agripino, my thoughts is uh, o Tarata oferece características diferentes que o Benfica não tem no meio campo, a não ser ele um jogador mais vertical, um jogador que consegue rasgar linhas com posse, sem posse mas também é um jogador que desequilibra muito no aspecto de, um, como subiu naquele golo do Portimonense, em que ele arrisca muito e por vezes uh, desequilibra a equipa que está em transição. Por isso, ele quando está bem, melhora muito a equipa, mas quando não está bem, desequilibra muito. Um, e isso são uh, as diferenças que fazem que ele, quando está bem, ajuda, quando não está bem, dá nas coisas que vimos contra o Portimonense. Let me see if Kenny's back. Kenny, can you hear me? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Um, so I was asking thoughts on the game and thoughts on the fact that Joe Mario uh, didn't start and didn't even come into the game as well. Do you think he's losing space? I know we talked about it last week, but I, you know, do you think that this is uh, a phase of like, okay, we have other options. You know, he's not really a starter anymore. He's not an automatic on the team sheet as he may have been eight months ago. 
Yeah, no, I think, like we talked about it last week, I think he's going through kind of a slump. Um, and you, he's kind of riding, I think Verissimo's riding the hot hand right now. And Tarat's gotten us, uh, has got, had some good performances. They're not perfect, right? But he's giving us that uh, a, that creativity up top, right? Finding those those through balls and finding those spaces. So um, I think he, he's adding something that Joao Mati right now is missing. So I don't think, it's the last we see of João Mario. I think as soon, you know, they're going to kind of rotate him in. Um, I, I'd prefer to see him, you know, starting right. A rotation uh, from the beginning, not as a sub. Cause I just, I don't like João Mario coming off the bench. Um, so I think we'll see him again in regards to the PK that you had mentioned. Um, yeah, I agree that it's not, I don't think it's a PK, right? I think we see that a lot of pushing and shoving on corner kicks like that, right? It's just, like you said, we've it's been called against us. We've seen it in other, in other games, and it's it's inconsistent. So when, you know, take, when you're taking a goal away from us um, in, in certain games because of a push like that and then you don't get the call, I mean, it could have been, could have made a difference in this game, right? It didn't. So it's, un, you know, it's un, it kind of swept under the rug. Like, it's not that important. But if Portimonens ties that game in the second half, I think Wellington had a chance in that second half. He skied it over the net. But if he, if he ties it up 2-2, two, two, you're looking at that PK as a difference maker. So, it, it, you know, it, it's just – it sticks to your mind. Um, and in general, the game, these guys hit it. I, I don't think and, – and I agree with all of you guys. I don't think it was our best performance, but I also don't think it was our worst. Um, it's a road win. Those are always tough. I actually – I think Portimonense has a lot of individual talent. I just don't think they they're able to put it all together. But individually, they got some good players on that team. And I think, um, they're, they're, you know, Catalina's caused us some problems. Wellington caused us some problems. But like Bill and Oscar said, I mean, that first goal, you know, maybe a few weeks back would have totally destabilized us. And we were able to recover and, and get back into the game and, and win the game, too. Especially, and then also that huge break um, in the middle of that first half. You know, it might have helped us. Might have helped us. You know, regain our composure and and uh, get back into the game. Yeah, and it also could have helped them, or could have helped us in the sense of killed Portimonense as well. Right. Um, yeah. So I want to touch on Agripino's comment here. Um, and Kenny, I don't know if you saw it, but <clears throat> he says. Desde que o Veríssimo pôs Tarata a jogar titular, o jogo e a tática do Benfica melhorou, e com o Gonçalo Ramos a titular também. Um, Red Baron says he's losing space in terms of João Mário. Tarata's becoming more influential on the team. Although he makes mistakes, he's also only one that pushes those passes. Of course, he's the one that offers... Yeah. Again, I think he's the only one that has those types of characteristics in our team. Right. A player that's able to carry the ball, to go one-on-one, sometimes more than he should. Um, he says, Intensidade que é coisa que o João Mário não tem. That's true. Yeah. He brings a different element. And then Agripino asks, Tens razão, por que não jogar num 4-3-3 com Weigl, João Mario e Tarap no meio, Rafa, Gonçalo e Darwin na frente? Um, Kenny, I'm going to give you this one and then I'll go around here. Do you think that that system would work? A, a midfield three with Weigl, João Mario, Tarap, and then a front three? Or, you know, it could be even a 4-4-2. But in this case, he's saying Rafa, Gonçalo and Nunez in the front. So Rafa most likely on the right, Gonzalo in the middle, or Gonzalo on the left, and Nunez on the left, uh, or Gonzalo on the left, in the Nunez in the middle. Do you or think that, Nunez or vice versa, Do you think that that would work? So, so I actually prefer the four-three-three. So I, I kind of agree. I mean, will it work 
in, in theory, I think it would give us more options. And I think Darwin now plays on the left. For me, he's, he's more of a, a, a left winger slash forward. So I think that would be a good position for him. And, and yeah, I think, I mean, I would like to see Joao Mario in there mixed in, you know, that, that triangle midfield there, that diamond midfield. I, I think it would, it could, it could work. I mean, as long as Avell's the one that's taking the risk and Joao Mario and Weigel are kind of more central and stay in the midfield, I think it would give, give us more options and, and be more creative up top. So I do like the 4-3-3. Um, I, I think position-wise, I think it helps Darwin. I also think it helps Gonzalo. I mean, he's not our best forward, but he's, he's, he hustles, man. And he's going to put pressure on, on the back line um, and, and work his way back too. So I think it could work potentially. Oscar, do you think that that would work? Um, and Kenny, I'm just going to mute you when you're not talking just because sometimes they're static. Yeah. I mean, if you think, if you think without, without having Verissimo, is that, yeah, you have to get muted, dude. Hold on, hold on. I'll be- All right, go. All right, without without Verissimo because he's hurt. Because with Verissimo, I think the three backs is a system we should play with. I think it's the the one that gives us the most guarantees. Without Verissimo and playing just Vertogen and Altamendi, I agree with the four three three. I was calling for that last year, even though but replacing obviously replacing uh, Tarapta at that time with PZ, right? If we can't, we couldn't have left PZ with a, just one center center mid. But we a, a triangle would have worked. Uh, so Tarap is that type of guy that can play the in front of the two midfielders, and and I think it's a mobile front three with with Ramos, Nunes, and uh, and um, Rafa. So I think that could be very dangerous and and probably one of our best lineups, if if not the best lineup to go with. But don't you think that right? Like I get what uh, Agripin was saying, right? It, but for me, right, even if you move. If you play that middle with Tarap, Joe Mario, and, and Weigel, I think the difference here is that Gonzalo Ramos brings a different intensity level that Joe Mario doesn't bring, and a different, not I guess not necessarily intensity that Tarap doesn't have, but more discipline than Tarap doesn't have, right? Like if you look at, and that's why I think it's working right now because Gonzalo Ramos in between lines, right? He's a midfielder when we don't have the ball. Right. And he's kind of like a false nine when we do have the ball, but he has the ability and the discipline to be able to work off the ball. Whereas, right, Tarapt doesn't have that. Right. So if Tarapt's playing the front of that triangle, which I think is the safest bet opposed to him playing right, so deep, right. I don't think that he has the discipline from a pressure perspective that Gonzalo Ramos has, which I think is why, and like Agripino says, I think it's working well right now because he's basically playing that eight role that we don't have. And I think if we take him out of that hybrid role, I think we lose. But again, that's how I, I mean, see it. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, you, could yeah. you could essentially still have him play that though, like with the four-three-three. When we don't have possession, he can drop, and you're right. essentially just leaving Darwin and Rafa up top. So you're you're in like a four-three-one-two. It's defensively. It's it's more of like a, a mobile for the top three with all of them so, can be like moving what, around. It's, it's like playing like a false nine, right? You like that, he's not that. he's not your central forward. He's dropping more deep than staying up top. You see that with Manchester City. They don't play with a striker. They play with three forwards that rotate yeah. and they move around. They pressure high. They they're all mobile. So they like, essentially play with six midfielders, right? And but they, but they move those three like Bernardo Silva right. as, as their number nine. Are you kidding me? Correct. That's the shortest guy yeah. on the team. 
So, right. so I think that's that's having a top three like that, especially if we have possession with three guys in the midfield, should give us them more, more possession. Yeah. And that that system might work. And then if you have to change it, you can always like take one guy, put Everton if you want to have more more control and or have a more of a you know a one to one type of guy. If you want to have more of a solid striker, take out Gonzalo Ramos or whatnot and put Yarmouchuk, right? So you have options and to change the system, however the team is playing. I think to to start and have possession and have a, a more of a pressure up front is what Gripino said it works best. I think with this team that we have. Fair, Bill. Thoughts on on what they're talking about? Carlos says winning ugly is what I miss most. That's true. <laughs> it counts, right? I mean, um, sometimes that's all, that's all you need. That's all you got to do, right? You're not going to win pretty every game. Um, yeah. Red Baron says, "Oh, quando vejo o Benfica jogar no esquema que não o 4-4-2, que nos deu tanto, faz-me confusão. O problema é que nos faltam peças fundamentais para um 4-4-2, box to box e um Lucas Veríssimo e um Jonas." Não temos a ferramenta para jogar num 4-4-2, infelizmente, neste momento. Um, Bill, Not thoughts on, on that? I mean, you already kind of shared your thoughts, but anything else you would add to that 4-3-3, that observation that, that Magripino made? My, no, I, I, I agree. I think, I, and like Kenny said, I, I think I, I would prefer a 4-3-3 as well. I just, my concern is that the, the manager doesn't know how to scheme it up. Like he's he's been here for a while now, and we haven't seen like tactically any formation changes. Like it's the same four four two with with Ramos dropping deep and playing as like a false nine hybrid role. We haven't seen anything other than that. Like he, like you would hope, and I'm hoping that he has something in his back pocket. Like if. If it's not working, are we able to change it? And are you working on something else? Like, well, we've changed it multiple times. I mean, if I guess it depends on how you look at the game, right? Like the way I look at it right now, Benfica, in my opinion, plays a four-four-one-one. That's how I see it. Yeah, four-four-one-one with uh, Rafa on the wing, with uh, Everton on the wing, Darwin kind of roaming around, and Gonzalo Ramos playing that role between the midfield and the offensive player. But then sometimes when we have the ball, it almost converts into a four-three-three, right? So. There's always right. There's always different dynamics, right? When we look at the team sheet and they show the graphic on the TV, right? It's a four four two. It's a pizza slice. However you want, right? Like it's that's just statically, right? But there's always going to be dynamics that are going to change based on the situation of the game. Um, but again, right? You talk about Nelson Verissimo having different uh, plans, right? A plan A, plan B, plan C, whatever you want to call it. I, in my opinion, I I've seen a plan A, a plan B from him right i think we've alternated a couple of different dynamics the problem for me is that i don't think that probably 90 percent of those plans work i think the only one that works is the one that we're currently seeing today and it took a little bit of time but even still it's not, it's not perfect. the greatest yeah by far um, not far from it Agripino says, lado esquerdo, Grimaldo pode fazer bem com o Tarapta ajudar no ataque e assim ficas com dois avançados dentro da área. Depois depende como o jogo se vai realizando. Do outro lado tens Rafa. It's true, right? O Grimaldo likes to come inside. Um, likes he can go down the line, right? And, and he was one of the elements that I want to talk on today is we've criticized him a lot. Defensively, he's not good. We've talked about him being better in that uh, three-back role. Um, but I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought he had a monstrous game this weekend. Like, yeah. Hell he was just all over the place. Nice strike. Yeah. Um, and it just leads me to believe like the likelihood of him staying this summer is probably very unlikely. I think. Do you guys 
Have you guys and seen I, I, improvements based on feedback that we've been he's, giving? He's a free. He's free, right? No, he has one more year, I believe. One more year. Yeah. Yeah, I think if Barca comes knocking, I think he's. And that's. I think he's very going. likely that yeah, they like do. I just. I mean, he. He's a Barca boy, like. <laughs> Two times, yeah, he's got one more season. Yeah, and to and to your point from earlier, right? I mean, you're gonna let him walk away in a year, or I mean, he's probably not gonna uh, renew. So you might as well. And from reports, we've renew? we've been trying to, and he hasn't. Well, he's probably. He I mean, he's. He, do you think he's? He's 26 he's years walk? old. You think he wanna? He's gonna renew, or he would rather. Oh, but he, take he, 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 he can. He can. He's a. I mean, I'm. He's been there for years, so he, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna like just just basically spit on the plate to give him food for the last like. I mean, but, he wouldn't but, be the only one. How many how many players now are, are doing right. this? Thing? Think, Mbappe's on his way out as well. Usually, like it's just it's usually, it's not, usually players that get benched or get troubles with the coach or have problems. Not always. Not, not lately. Dude, there's been some high players that have moved on. It's that not was, just being figure play, playing. dude. It's 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 it it's the way it's going now. Where, I mean, Mike had mentioned at the beginning, these players that are on the last year of the contract, not renewing and walking away. Like Mbappe is a free agent at the end of the summer. Like he can go wherever the fuck he wants. Has he been benched? He's one of the best players in the world, yes, and he's ready to walk. He's ready to walk away from PSG, or reportedly ready to walk away from PSG to go over to, to Real Madrid. Yeah, but like, there's just, there's times. There's times you, the the team can't do anything. No matter how much money you want to throw at them, the player in like in their heart just wants to move. Like they just want to go. Like Ronaldo when he left Man U, the top of the fucking world, best player in the world, wanted even to leave Man U to go to Real because he wanted to go to Real. But he renewed, he renewed with Man United and, and with agreement but, that he renewed to get sold. Right, but I'm just saying, like that these players often. have yeah. like in like where they want to go. They know what they want to do. Either right. they renew with the, with the clause that they can leave, I get or it. if they can't get the clause, they just don't renew and they right. fucking leave but, for free. But 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 Benfica and him can come to an agreement. Like we renew with you with the, this agreement that we have that we set this clause for you, so the team that wants to buy you next year when we let you go yeah. has to pay this much, so we don't go, we don't lose lose you yeah. at zero. I'm pretty sure we're always like, dude, this team has given me this much. I I will work with them we so can, they won't get zero. That's what yeah, we but, can hope for. Right, but but in the past, right, we've seen those clauses like skyrocket right huge uh, uh, tremendous, right. You know, tremendous amount of money Maybe so you lose the player loses the leverage if the if the team doesn't want to sell for that price the player's stuck there now because he renewed for three right. or four years no right? but but the, and this should all come to an agreement like well, barcelona should meet with after Benfica should be meeting with barcelona barcelona is a team that they want to go to hey barcelona how much are you willing to to pay for grimaldo and uh, you know if, if, if we renew them, I think Grimaldo and Barcelona should have an agreement and Benfica and Grimaldo should have an agreement and should be every not, not nobody loses yeah, but then at that point, at that point, then why why renew, right? I mean, if if the intention is for him to leave, right, or or, or Barcelona to come and get him, then why? Because why because if they don't renew next year, zero, right? And then why why is Barcelona going to yeah, pay? That's, that's only. Kenny saying so what's so the motive for the player? You just agree sooner rather than later. Yeah, you just like, agree right now to terms. Hey, they, these are the terms. You take them at the end of next year, or whatever. Why why renew and then the player loses leverage? fair i, we'll I actually think i i do think i mean I, I don't know if we're going into it but i do think it is it is a new trend i mean you're yeah. save the thought save the thought we're going there next um red baron says but when you put someone like chuk in ele não oferece o ataque a profundidade foi isso que não resultou na primeira parte do portimonense red baron i disagree and here's why i disagree and i don't know if you guys saw the same thing but i watched yadam chuk closely in this game 
And there was about four times where he came across on a diagonal and made a run in behind the defensive line, a defensive line that was playing pretty deep. Um, so there wasn't much space in behind, but he came out on a diagonal at least three times that I remember. And that ball was never played into him. Now, in the second half, um, mostly when Darwin came in, but more towards the end of the half, you started to see those balls get played in. My question to you guys is my first, my statement is, is that I think Yadamchuk has different characteristics than any striker that we have. I think Yadamchuk fit in form confident is the best striker that we have. But do you think that the lack of plays, the lack of balls played into that space behind the defense is because the team doesn't have that confidence in him like they may have with Darwin, right? Like, I feel like Darwin, they just play it blindly, right? Like, he's going to get there, right? And again, I, I watched him closely, and literally at least three times I can remember, I was even texting with Joel about it, that they never played that pass to him. And there was a couple times where he threw his arms up, and like you could tell he was frustrated. Like, he's making that run. He never got that pass. There's got to be a reason for it, right? Do you think that the team doesn't believe in it? Is that not the game plan? Like, I, I can't understand it. It drives me nuts, but I don't think I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Who wants to go? I mean, I I I feel like he's he needs to get and he's he needs to stay here for a second year to to show his true potential. I think we don't have the wingers that that work for him. I think that uh, our wingers all like to cut in and do the little tiki taka, and then he, he's the type of player that you need crosses into the box, and we don't have that. Um, the only person that actually crosses the ball to the box is, is, is Grimaldo. And, Gilberto and, has been taking clinics, yeah. like Kenny said. <laughs> right, right. But, but that's the only players that actually cross the ball. Now the 4-4-2 or 4-4-4-3-3, it's tougher for them to get up there and cross the ball and then come back and defend, uh, you know, in the back, back four line. So he's, he's uh, <coughs> I think it needs more time to uh, to basically get into, fill into fit into the system. And uh, and I hope he he, 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 he it works out for him that he stays next year and he proves us all wrong. I hope so too. Kenny, Bill, anything you guys want to add to that in terms of Yadam Shuk? Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with Oscar. I, I do. I, I think his best quality is the, is his, the type of player he is, right? I think we don't, like you said, we don't have that on the team. Um, I think he's an out and out, you know, striker, uh, probably the only out and out striker on the team. And um I think he needs more time. It, it is a timing thing with, with those passes. I just don't think they're in sync. Um, so they just need more time to develop that confidence in him. And, and again, I think he's obviously going through a lot. He's got a lot on his mind. He's not playing to his full potential. So I think with more time, um, he, he'll be a better player. Bill, anything you want to add to that? <clears throat> I, I agree. And I think these guys touch on the points I'm about to make. But like, I think he's the closest traditional number nine we have on the squad. And I think with those runs, I, with that, like it, if it's Darwin, I think, like you said, they just play it blindly because like his trait, like his best trait is his pace. And Yarm Chuck, when you like think of him, you're not thinking of it, but his blistering pace, right? Like he's, it's kind of holding a play back to net type of thing and, and get into the box. So I think there's the head, they kind of hesitate on playing the ball. And by the time they can, it's too late. So they just, I think they play it safe and keep possession, but I think he, I, I don't think the system fits him. And well, I think the system fits him. I don't think the players we have fit kind of what, like his playing style. Like Oscar said, I think we need 
like old school wingers where they're going to get down the line and, and play ball lofted balls into the box for him. And uh, I think that's where he could flourish. Agripino says parece avançado, acho um 4-2-3-1, mas não esta época. Veríssimo melhor continuar com esta equipa. Like you guys said, right? Personnel-wise, tactically, right? There's some adjustments that could be made to fit his style. Um, but with very few games left in the season, um, you know, do you try to make something fit now or, or just play it out and, and readjust in the summer? Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on in this game and, and get your thoughts is there was a big stoppage in this game because of the touches that were thrown or the flares that were thrown onto the field. Um, something like felt like an eternity, but I think they said it was like 10 minutes or something like that. Um, and the fans just kept tossing them in there. The, the, and for me, there was, there was a lot of different scenarios here for me. It was one, the, the ref almost seemed confused on like what he needed to do. Like there's just seemed to be so much confusion. And then the authorities, Like there was police just hang out like and then they went and stood in a line like staring at the fans as if like that was going to do anything. And they just kept raining down. Um, and then there was talks of like, you know, the no name boys were celebrating 30 years of existence and they threw 30 flares onto the field as a commemoration of the 30th minute. And when I think back, right, and us living here in the United States, right? And, and things are different at sporting events, but like, can you envision that ever happening in an event like that here in the United States, like in a soccer game, like a, a, a stoppage that long and like no authority intervention, right? Like they would have had cops and security in that section. They would have cleared it out. Right. And instead it just like continues. And I, and I can't understand how in 2022, like, you go to get into a stadium, right? And and I saw people on Twitter saying, you know, I wa I went to get in the stadium. They made me throw my water bottle out. Meanwhile, people are getting in with 30 flares, right? Like flares are pretty hard to hide. <laughs> like I, I wanted to get your thoughts. And like people were like, oh, you know, it's the fans celebrating. And they asked Nelson Verissimo after the game. And he said, and I think, right, he didn't want to really go into it, right? Because then he kind of gets on the bad side of the fans, right? So I understand his approach to it, but like, Am I the only one that thinks that's like absolutely ridiculous? Like as a fan, you're not helping the team, right? Like now Benfica faces the, the potential of fines. Benfica, I saw today, runs the potential of having to play a game with no fans, right? Like you're not helping the team. You're not helping the club, right? Like, so what kind, like you're, are you a, a true fan? Like I understand, fine. You want to have flares, have them hold on to them, right? We've seen that plenty of times. One, two, you threw 30 flares. That game was very close to being suspended. What would have happened then? Like, Kenny, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so, look, I, I do like the that ambience in the stadium, right? I like I like to see that because it's part of our music. It's part of the culture. I agree with you. Hold them up. Or, or keep them in the stands, don't throw them on the field, because that obviously causes – that's where the issue – That to me, that's where the issue is. When you're throwing them on the field and you don't stop, right? right. And it carries on and on and on. Um, in regards to – yeah, I think we're not used to it because we've never seen that here in the States, right? That, that just doesn't happen. We It's a different culture over there. Like, I've been to a few games. You kind of just walk through. You show your ticket. Yeah. You, there's no, um, like, security line or anything like that. No one's checking through your pocket. So – It's just a different culture. Unless they change that there, then yeah, they're going to sneak this stuff through the stadium no, no matter what, especially in the smaller stadiums. Like there's, I, I bet there's no one there 
to to um you know look at that so um yeah i think until there's an actual game that is suspended with no fans because of this until that actually happens then it's just a threat that that's all it is it's just a threat and the fans won't will take it as a threat and not as an actual thing that might happen so unfortunately i think it's just part of the culture there and and it's not going to change anytime soon unless they actually do you know follow through with their threat and and you know stop a game or you know no no uh, fans in the stadium Carlos Amaru says inexcusable. Red Baron says no names in New- Newark, New Jersey. Did that once at Red Bull Stadium, and the cops came in immediately and grabbed a couple of drunken ones. They only had a chance to throw three or four. Um, Bill, I'll pass it to you. And and I want to remind everyone that I remember. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a Tasa de Portugal game. Uh, I want to say it was Sporting Benfica, if I'm not mistaken, at the Estadio Nacional many years ago, where a fan died because of something like this, right? Yeah. Someone tossed one and the fan died, right? So it's not a new situation to us, right? Like this has happened before, but again, as with everything else, right? There's a big hoopla that happens and everyone talks about it and then it kind of like phases out, right? And then no one talks about it again until something crazy happens like this weekend. It happened midweek in Sporting Porto, right? Not to the same extent, but there were flares, Sporting fans throwing them at the goal where their own goalie was. <laughs> like, Didn't it, like it, pick up a golf ball? Yeah, but that, I mean, golf balls like, is like just a golf common balls theme in, in Portugal these days. But like, for me, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and I get and I agree with Kenny, where it adds to the ambiance, right? Like, you see the games where the fans get in a circle in the stands and the the flares are lit up, and like, I get that, right? But like, throwing thirty of them onto the field yeah. is absolutely childish regardless of what you're celebrating like there's other ways that you could sell you could have done it outside the stadium whatever the case may be bill thoughts on this no i agree i think it it all changes once they start throwing them onto the field like i i agree i love seeing when they have them in their section at the stadium and yeah flares going left and right and like i love seeing that and but once you start throwing them throwing them onto the field like i think that just changes changes everything and and like kenny said like in in i've been to pl- plenty of games in portugal and i go in the summer and the, like the small stadium like i went to the game in shops i never got padded like no metal tech like i just walked in God, the only God. issue i had was the fact that i had a benfica shirt on and i had to change it like other than that they let me into the stadium without fucking checking anything and the same thing inside of the lose i went to a game they legit you walk in and they like Pat your like armpits and that's it. And like you just I don't even anything in your pockets. I just went when I went this summer, I went to see the they Champions League yeah. game against Spartak, and I don't recall them even doing a check. I just remember I showing went, my ticket. Yeah, the last time I went, they checked, but it was like legit like two things. They like checked two spots and they let you in. So like yeah, people complain that they're getting into the stadium and asking how they get into the stadium. I mean, it's you can fucking sneak anything into the stadium. They're not fucking checking for anything. I I, I think the issue is once they start throwing them onto the field and kind of delaying the games from being played and kind of putting the players safety at at risk at that point. Like that's just stepping over the line. Can I add one more thing too? Cause I noticed like none of the players went over to, they did. Correct. Not, not in the beginning. Like they had probably thrown already 20 of those flares. It was once (laughs) the ref, the ref kind of said everyone to the back. That's when Vertonghen went over there. And yeah, Vertonghen was like saying, calm, like calm down. But then he was also like, yeah, yeah, like he, they like to see that too. I feel like so. 
I mean, they just they don't want to be penalized, right? The players want to continue playing the game, but I do think you know the like calm down, like let's not throw them on the field, but like let's let's I want we want to see more of this kind of attitude from the player. Oscar, what do you think? Uh, it's simple. Uh, whoever the, the stadium the the allows that to happen or that allows those people to get in with those flares, uh, they they get punished. They should get punished. If it's either the loose, Tyler the loose gets punished. If it's Portimonense, Portimonense gets punished. Right. I, I can wear a Porto shirt and go to Benfica Porto and throw flares into the field and then have Porto play with, behind, uh, you know, no fence for the next whatever punishment it is, right? So the stadium should get punished. So whoever the home field is the punished. Second is you have cameras all over the freaking game and now every single game is you have a, a eye bird, you know, bird eye view type of camera <laughs> that you can legit like see who's doing this and ban them for the for for the year like let's get them out of the, the no, not to go to any games that's how you stop this shit if you have players and that's tradition to keep it on keep it in the air well that first of all i don't agree i don't agree with that uh, like this you go to liverpool and you see chance and you you have the fans supporting the team now we'll fucking fire in your hands so so to me is ban those the, those that bring it in and second of all ban the the the, the home field that's it Man, what you a actually, hot take that you is. You actually do see them in the EPL now. Not so, as much as in Not Portugal. as much. But you don't so see you them do on the field. See, no, they don't toss them in the field. You see right, them in the right. so you, do, you do that once, that's it. That's like a one-time strike. You're done. Now you're so, Yeah, you don't see it very often in England. So let me rebuttal that. Let me rebuttal that, right? A club like Benfica, you're looking at that, – that's additional resources Benfica could pay for to make sure that there's security lines or you know metal detectors or whatever to keep that stuff away. But – the smaller clubs, they can barely afford to, you know, pay their players. Do you think they're going to put in security systems? Or but that shouldn't put... be on the club. I don't think. I think that should be on the league. Okay, so if it's right. on the league, then if yeah, security, it's on the league, then, then that's on the league. Then you can't. Then you can't blame the the, the club or right. the, the stadium for that Look, allowed. Then that's going to be on the league. Listen, like you guys, you guys all said it. People go in, they just pet you on on your sides and they say, "Go in." That that, that person. It doesn't take much to pet you in your pockets or or leave your backpacks in the car. Not allow backpacks to go in the in the stadium. Like you go to a, a baseball game down here, a football game, and you can't take a backpack to the stadium. You can't. Or walk a you can't car. go in with a water bottle. Right. So like it's it's called don't take this shit to this to the field. You're not allowed to get in with the shit on, right? And then if you have flares outside, you hanging out your pockets, it's very visible. You can see it. These, these people walk in with, with uh, backpacks in Portugal, and they allow that. No shit. They're going to have anything they want inside the backpacks. So, yeah. so it's, a, it's, it's, it's a stadium thing. These, you're not allowed to walk into the game if you have a backpack, period. Go leave it in your car. Come back. If you have flesh sticking out of your pockets, you're not going to get out of the fuck. You're not going to get in. You yeah, can't drink I, your beer inside the stadium, but you can fucking bring flares in. I would, agree with, <laughs> I would agree with Mike that it, it, it should be a, a league. It's a public uh, safety issue. Yeah, it should be on the league. I, I don't think it should be on the individual teams. And another thing, too, like you said, like, oh, yeah, they can spot the guys and they can ban them. It's totally different. They're, again, the, the, no one's going to – that kid or whoever that is, four weeks later, no one's going to remember who that is. They're not going to keep anything on them or be checking. Right. Hey, this but, if he's, but if he's in no names, the States, if, he's in, if he's in the no names, like that, that guy said in New Jersey, no names, he's a sauce you, right? That's it doesn't have to be a It doesn't have to be a But that's one of the reasons that right. the fans didn't want the cartel do adeptu, right? Because the cartel do adeptu, you had to give your information, right? So it identifies you. And that's, for me, that's one of the reasons why people didn't want to go down that path is because in the event that you do stupid shit, right, you, you basically identified already, right? 
Um, let me go through the comments here. Uh, Carlos says, flammables in hands of large groups of people in a frenzy. Common sense is lost. Red Baron says, there's cameras for a reason. I agree with Oscar. Megadi um, Pino says, even flees mint via I'm assuming uh, he just added, is, he, is what he was he saying. His last comment. Red Baron says, I got news for you. Sometimes those pyros are there before the game starts. And I agree with you. And I've heard the same thing that the clocks, like the no names, like the Diabos, um, like the Super Dragoins, they have these affiliations with the club, whether we want to believe it or not, whether they're official clocks or not. And these things get into the stadium well before the games, just like the Tarjas get into the stadiums before the games, right? So it doesn't create commotion uh, during the game day. So I agree. I believe that a lot of these are already there. Um, when they get there uh, for the away games, right? Maybe not so much, right? Because it's not your stadium, but I agree. And I've heard the same thing. Carlos Amaro says the potential for something tragic is always there. It's already happened once. Uh, Nive KSLB, welcome. He said, good evening, guys. Enjoying your show. As for flares, it was stupid, selfish of them to throwing on the field. Welcome, welcome. Um, Red Baron, what I mean, they're put there after the PSP inspects the stadium. Uh, infelizmente vai acontecer como alguns países não vai haver adeptos do visitante uh, futebol não é guerra mas sim paixão, adrenalina e amor já iremos a um assunto uh, que toca nisso Agripino mas concordo um, Red Baron says because they could be identified in regards to the cartão de adepto which is, I'm assuming is what he's referring to that's the behavior that prompted the bottom of the cartão de sócio or cartão de adepto is what Carlos was referring to, and the uh, reason I'm sure it's not allowed in the stadium is because of episodes like that. We can't have nice things. <laughs> um, um, and Red Baron says, I consume Mexico. We're, we're going to jump on that quickly. Um, jumping away from this game to close it off, uh, MVP, uh, Bill. Uh, give it to Ramos. Okay. I think he got. I think he got voted by Sportive as the MVP, if I'm not mistaken, of the league. He, nice uh, he did. Goal. He did. Um, he had a nice goal. It happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Bill's still thinking way. about the Bill's still thinking about the one against Vitoria. It all counts um, for him. Anything counts. <laughs> Kenny MVP. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, with with a guy that probably doesn't get too many man of the matches. I think he's he's. Kind of playing well right now, um, and he's learned how to cross. And you mentioned it earlier. I think Gilberto had a good game, um, defensively and attacking wise. Um, so I'll give it to him. And he got the Gilberto, assist. Gilberto got a five eight in this game. He didn't get an assist. Um, he didn't get no, no. It was Ra- Rafa got the assist. Rafa, Rafa got the shot. It's not an assist. The goalie I, saved I get, it. Yeah. Um, right. Oscar, who's your MVP? I think I think the most crucial moment of the game was uh, Grimaldo's goal. So for that reason, and he had a phenomenal game. I think both attacking and defensively, he had a, a good game. So I'm going to give it to Grimaldo. Okay. Grimaldo got a 6-9 on goal point rating. Gilberto got a 5-8. Um, Bill said Gonzalo 6-2. Um, Vigo was the best goal point rating. Polaco Dimos was the lowest with a 4-9. Um, Yaramchuk with a 5-7. Tanap to the 6. Rafa with a 6-3. So... Um, three points. We move on. We got Vizel on Friday. Um, next topic here, and I'm going to go out of order just to kind of jump on the topic that we were just talking about. For those of you who who did or didn't see, but uh, this weekend a game between uh, Queretaro and Atlas um, in the Mexican League, all hell broke loose. Um, second half of the game, fans started fighting in the stands. Um, Fans that were bystanders ran into the field to get away from the chaos. Uh, for any of those who have been on social media, 
um, the videos of what happened are absolutely atrocious. Um, literally, like unbelievable scenes. I mean, the numbers, the last I saw it was about 22 people were dead. They were taking people's clothes off, like just absolutely sickening. Um, and what I want to go to here is, right, Agripino touches on it as well, right? Futebol no guerra, mas sim paixão, adrenalina e amor. And what I want to get to here is, in the Portuguese league, we've seen, right, it, it, it's very tribal. It's very, it goes to the roots of, of the, the rivalry, right? And, and we've seen situations where outside the stadium, cops have beaten up, you know, old people. We witnessed it a couple of years yeah. ago, a police officer beating up an old guy, beating up the, a dad with his son holding his hand, right? We've seen fights in stadiums. We've seen fans light seats on fire in stadiums. Like, and my question to you guys is having seen what happened here, right? And, and, and I know that the stigma is, you know, it's like that in South America. Obviously, Mexico is not in South America, but that Latin America type mentality, that mindset, and my question to you guys is, is are we head? I feel after seeing what happened this weekend that if things aren't done in Portugal to address things now that we've already seen and lived through, I wouldn't be surprised, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, that we end up experiencing something like this in Portugal sometime soon. And And I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think that that could be possible somewhere else. But again, I would imagine that no one thinks it's possible in their stadium. It happens in Brazil. It happened this weekend. Should this be a red flag for every league, every, you know, public safety organization in sports to be like, listen, like football is football. It should be exciting. It should be passionate, but like there's a limit. And it went way beyond that limit this weekend. Also, I'm going to start with you because I know that you and I had gone back and forth on it in our group chat. No, I mean, I saw you sent the Twitter videos and I legit was watching it and I was watching like this. like because <laughs> I, I watched so many, dude, and it was yeah, so bad. I, it was it was sickening to watch, especially when people were like legit, like almost dead on the ground, naked, and people still kicking their heads and, and stomping on their on their faces, right? To me, is like that. That's animals. That I have no. Those are not humans to me. Those people that deserve to be in a cage, legit a cage, and put throw an eye line in there so they can have fun with them. Uh, that's that's how I feel about those people. And second of all, I would think Quarantado, whatever the fucking team name is, yeah. like I think two years suspension, no fans, like uh, uh, hands down, nothing, no fans whatsoever for those for those fucks. And if they cartel or not, they're pieces of shit. Those, those, those and not not in it was just basically it's not like three or four. That's like almost half a stadium of the, that those it fans was chaos. Attacking, attacking the people, those bystanders, they're attacking family families like kids, girls. Like wife's husband. Anyone that had an Atlas yeah. shirt, they yeah, went anybody after. Anybody that had an Atlas shirt and they were getting attacked. There was people from the, like the innocent people from Quarantaro that said, please take off your shirt so you don't get beat up. Yep. Right? And some gave their own jerseys to the yeah. other people so they wouldn't so they be get out of the stadium. Like it's insane. Insane just to, because you have a jersey on, you really like, like you can get, you can die going to one of these games to me is sickening that that's worse than animals i don't think animals do what they, these people did it's it's i hope they get all get identified and and spend like the rest of their lives in jail if not with a lion in a cage <laughs> but i feel like in kenny i'll go to you i feel like 
Right, like people in Portugal have said it before, right? O futebol em Portugal não é um clima de família, right? Not anymore, right? And if if we're already in a stage where it's not a good environment to bring your family, to have a, a day out with your son, right? To be able to take your kid to a Benfica Porto, a Porto Benfica, a Sporting Benfica, right? Like between the top three, if you can't take, right? And I'm going to say more for the away fans, right? A Benfica used to go into the Porto Stadium, a Porto fan coming to Benfica, right? Because we're all, none of us are innocent, right? There's there's bad actors amongst every uh, fan base. Um, but if we're already at a stage where there's constant golf balls on the field, there's bullets thrown on a field. Like, if that's not a threat, then I don't know what is, right? You're conditioning a lot of things that go into that game. And I feel like we're already there. What's the next step unless we take action? Kenny. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is yeah, this is a, a tough subject to talk about. I mean, I, I saw one of the videos that you had sent and I couldn't even finish watching it because I thought it was so gross. Um, yeah, it's tough. I think it's a different uh, I do think it's it's a different um a difference between like South American or, or, or Latin American soccer versus European soccer. It's not to say that it couldn't happen in Portugal or in Europe, but I, 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 I think it's very rare that something like that would happen in Europe. Um, in regards to, you know, how, you know, how, how does this translate? How do we, you know, make it from not happening in, in, you know, in Portugal, I've been to I've been to a couple of games. I haven't been to any like rivalry games in Trusgrens, but I do feel like the stadium is pretty safe, even for away fans. Like I went to uh, Vitória Guimarães, and you know, I actually was part when I was walking around the stadium to get in. The police actually stopped us to allow the Guimarães fans to come to come through like this gate into the stadium, and they blocked off both sides, and they walked in, and then we we continued our way. I didn't see anything, you know, egregious or anything like bad happening. So I, I, and I also believe that there are, there is a section within the stadium that's for family. I think it's a zona familiar or whatever it's called, but it's just, you know, I think it's a sectioned off area for family and kids, right. Um, to go to the games. But again, I didn't, I've never been to a, a big game, so I've never felt threatened. I've never gone to an away game. Um, so that's a different um, view of it. I'm sure there's there's incidences like individual incidents, but I think those people just they're not they're not the, the fans, right? These are just like people there to cause problem. It's premeditated. It's people going in there to cause havoc and not to enjoy the game or enjoy the rivalry or enjoy the day, right? It, they're not fans. I, I don't consider them fans. And the same thing that happened in Mexico, like I don't consider those people fans. They they're just you know they're there to cause to cause issues. And unfortunately, the team pays for that, right? The team now is gonna. I'm sure they're going to get penalized and, and the, the true fans are going to get penalized by not being able to go watch, you know, their team. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's um, I do believe it's been worse, right? I think even in Portugal, I think it used to be a lot worse than it is now. Um, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't go to, to games that often, but I do, you know, I do think that it's a different, it's, it's a different, um, it's a different culture between both, you know, both uh, areas of the world. You know, you know the different the differences really because because if you if you open up the gates, be, and allow Porto fans, Benfica fans to walk into the same stadium, same thing is going to happen. All right, it's, it's not, it's, if you legit like let them walk together and I just agree. 
every it's gonna happen the same exact thing because Portuguese uh, Porto fans and Fica fans they hate each other so much they're not they you think they're gonna point. beat they're gonna beat people to death. Uh, you never know, dude. I, I I've seen worse. You see people you see people meeting up at the the guy that ran the guy over from Italy, whatever it is, the Spartan fan. You you, you saw that kind of stuff happening just because they just got, got together. Oh, let's go fight outside the in the, in the outside the the, sta the stadium. Like you. You, 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 it can happen, especially because they, they're swearing at each other the whole time. And as insults can es escalate to something else, to a fight, and then somebody gets stabbed and somebody does So it can escalate to that point. The thing is, Portugal is doing good, and I think it's, it's uh, prevented it this so far, is they banned alcohol from stadiums. And alcohol is a major pa uh, part of uh, these things happening, okay? If especially you this week. Alcohol... For for a, for ninety minutes in the game, they drink before the games though. They have the stands outside. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. But like, the, uh, if I I went to the the Benfica game and I started to lose, and legit, I had time to get there and walk into the stadium. They don't have the the tailgating like with tradition like right. we have here, right? right? So they it's just, just you go to the game, watch the game, and leave. You you have you don't have alcohol inside the stadium. Because if we have alcohol inside the stadium, a lot of people don't know how to control their alcohol, right? So it, so it becomes it just even a stumble can create a fight. Right. So like so I think poor, and then and then, like you said, the fans walking in and the group like with the cops on, on both sides, like creating walls just so they can get into this section and then close off that section and let the other fans go in is is a major thing. You don't see that in Latin America. You see people walking in like the stampede. And, and that's obviously going to create issues. But don't you think right. And Bill, before I pass to you, um, don't you think that the fact that we have to have police escorts to escort fans into a sporting event is is a problem in itself? Right? Like, why can't I like right? Like when we talk to fan, when we talk to friends of ours that are in Europe, right? Like Red Sox, Yankees, one of the biggest rivalries in sports, right? Red Sox and Yankees fans sit amongst each other in the stadium. Right? Like, uh, there's no sections in U.S. sports that I'm aware of. Right, that has a designated section for the away fans football. or the home fans. Football is where football is. I, I go to the I go to the Miami Pats game, and there's definitely a Miami section, and there's a, a, a new Patriots section. I've never heard of that, uh, yeah. Kenny. When you went to go watch the Cowboys at Gillette, did you sit in the Cowboys section? No, but a lot. There were a lot of Cowboys <laughs> in that section. But, but, let me tell you, no, but, no, but like I, it's I, not like it's not like in Portugal where you have like it's not the lose. You have the you have a the cage. Gaiola. You yeah, got the but, like they but, don't have that here. But those are those are for the it. ultras, right? Those are for the clocks. I mean, you see, I, I've seen, I've, I've, my cousin's gone to a Porto game with with my other cousin who's a Benfica fan. Like they've gone, they've walked in together, right? Yeah, they I sit think, amongst each other, right? I think, I think the 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 section off is is for the clocks, right? The people yeah. that are more likely to get involved into, into situations that are going to escalate. So I agree with Oscar. I think those those clocks need to be separated. I think. I think there should be a preventative measure, and Portugal has taken the, the preventative measure to avoid the escalations that happen in certain situations, like in Mexico or, or even in Europe. Right? It happens. I think fights are going to happen amongst games. I mean, you see it in football here all the time. I mean, you see people, uh, you know, different teams, uh, fans, yeah, people that are drunk, right, and punching each Alcohol other. Has huge, yeah, Alcohol has a huge um, influence. But in they're that. sitting amongst each other, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's it's not going to just, you know, it's not going to be like a, a ha like a, a pure family atmosphere. But I do. I, I actually think, you know, when I've been to a game in Portugal, I think it's more of an app, uh, family atmosphere at the Benfica game. Right. I don't sit within the clocks, but where I've been sitting and where I've experienced the games, more of a fam family atmosphere than going to a Cowboys Patriots game here in the States. Like I 
I would never bring my kid. Like they're swearing, all, like swearing and bear tossing and shit talking. Like, like, like there's, you know, not a five-year-old sitting next to you, you know, like it's, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, it, it happens in every sport. I just think, I do think there's a difference between like the, the, and it's, I know it's bad to say, but it, in Latin America culture versus the rest of the world, unfortunately. Yeah, but you saw, you saw, you saw that, I, I don't know if it was the Euros or the World Cup, where the, 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 they broke down a city, the fans that came over from whatever country it was. It, it was not too long ago. It was the, tar- the last tournament. I know like, what you're talking about. I can't remember who the fans, what country yeah, they were from. It was like Netherlands or whatever it was. It was like it legit chaos. Chaos. The whole they city destroyed up. the whole city. The cops couldn't even control it. So like, I mean, England, like, England fans have done it. But it's like this this tournaments that happen like these people come in and they just come to destroy uh, not to be fans like kenny said they come to fucking be hooligans right and uh, and and that's what it is they're hooligans but beating but but what happened in mexico to me is just like beyond my imagination like i couldn't even think of of like i saw that one guy he was literally stripped naked and they were stomping on the guy's head like literally like the guy's motionless there's, there's, there's no, there's not any explanation I can give for that. Like, it's just, there's no words that, that like I can put together. That goes, to explain that's that. like so far beyond sports. Right. So it's, far beyond. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, and and Bill, to think before like I, that, yeah. Before I go to you, Bill, I'm going to just run through these comments quickly. Kevin says, Kevin switched his profile. So now he's on his real profile and not a, a, <laughs> a code name. Uh, <laughs> Montreal is playing Cruz Azul in Mexico Wednesday, and it's going to be without fans. Egeri Pino actually sent me a green or a screenshot of the uh, one of the news articles from Mundo Deportivo saying fans are asking for Mexico to be banned from the World Cup in 2022 and uh, 2026. Uh, we'll find out what happens with that. Uh, Carlos said, "Don't forget Peña Peña dos Duelos at the Cajugadores only a few weeks ago." It's another situation. Red Baron says, fosse um jogo nos anos 80, até com sacos de mijo levável. I've heard about that. <laughs> um, it, Carlos says he thinks it's returning to those days in terms of what we had been talking about. Kevin says, I think it's culture. People take football way too seriously. Uh, o futebol é o mais importante das coisas sem importância. I agree. Kevin says, Oscar, I believe alcohol was banned in Brazil and still had a death this weekend, which prompted Abel Ferreira to question, you know, what he wants to do with himself and his family if he wants to stay in Brazil. Um, Red Baron, I'm assuming in regards to what we talked about here in the States, he said there's not that passion like in soccer. Things improved with better organization with the number of gates and smaller seating sections, but we keep keep excusing and tolerating organized groups who almost always are the ones who turn violent. Um, yeah, because if you go if you go with your friend to a soccer game, most likely you're not going to attack anybody because they're there with their friend. Now, when you have a Costa Skins, like they used to say, yeah. with 20, 30 other fans next to you chanting, oh, you yeah. always feel like you can do anything you want. Right? Invincible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kevin says, Europa Champions League matches often have ultras ruin city squares the night before. Exactly what Oscar was talking about in terms of the last uh, international competition. Bill, to close it off, what, are your, what do you want to add to this? topic and, and where we stand all right I, mean, I agree with everyone's point like i think what happened is is insane and like you it, it's so hard to like comprehend that like these people went to a game and that's how it turned out like it's crazy um but i think what portugal does well and i think a lot of other countries do it in europe with these traveling supporters they they make sure that they're like heavily guarded like they in portugal like especially the the with Porto Benfica and Sporting, like when those games happen, 
they're closing down streets to allow the, those like sporting fans to get to the side of the loose. Like they're making sure that there's no point from when they leave wherever they're meeting up to when they get to the stadium that they're going to cross paths with any of the no-name boys or Diablos Formigos or any of that. Uh, I think I don't think you're ever going to get to the point where you're going to get rid of the clocks. Like I think that's a very hard task and a very hard thing to ever achieve. And I think the best you can do is try to mitigate any of these it, like circumstances that are ever happening. And I think having like the police guard them as they get to the stadium and having the designated areas for those clocks and having it so they can't like get into the other section of the stadium. I think that is, is probably the best thing that they, they can do. And it, I mean, we haven't, I can't remember ever having like a, a circumstance like that where like at a game or after a game, like these huge brawls happen. Like you, you hear about it, like date, like a day before or a day after the game or like at night, like there's all this stuff, but like on the day of a game, I, I can't ever remember hearing about like these huge brawls happening between, between fans. Yeah. You hear it like the bus on the, on the highway is getting freaking pebbled by rocks and stuff, but I mean, nothing you can do about that, really. Like, you know, unless you're closing down every overpass on on, on the highway, sure. but and they I have. Mean, I, have I have a fun question for you guys. You know how we go to a, like you see it on TV, like when when Fika plays Porto and Fika plays Porto, the the the, the video or, or TV leading up to the game, it's always like oh, blah blah blah, and see. And then when the the stadium is getting packed with Benfica fans, say this is in the ground, right? The, the Benfica fans are going, and you see the big crowd of Benfica fans going into the stadium, right? Surrounded by cops. Um, if you had to go to the bathroom and you left that crowd and you had obviously Benfica share and all that, and you had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and you lost that crowd. <laughs> do you guys take that shirt off real quick? I'm sure there are that do that. <laughs> That, right, it shirt, goes back. You take a shirt off, your, you put it in your quickest, dude, and you just run. <laughs> it goes back to, I mean, and a lot of times, and and not so much, but like if you look at the group of of the ultras, a lot of them have hoodies, a lot of them have face coverings. Not many of them are hanging out with just a jersey. They don't wear yeah, jerseys. Like they all wear. They're all like covered up in just rain jackets. <laughs> Red Baron says they wear diapers. Don't leave the you yeah. pee as you walk. Just go. <laughs> I'm pissing my pants. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna be found. Right? It goes back to the comment you made, right? You censors costas kins, right? And then all of a sudden you find yourself by yourself in the urinal in the bathroom. You turn around, there's like 50 of them. You're like, oh yeah, so <laughs> Red Baron says got those pampers on. <laughs> he said, "If it's the dragon, you piss right on their seat." Um, but, 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 look, I, I, I do think that, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't force. I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't go to the, these big games. But like, unless you, if, if I'm going to a Porto game and I'm dressed up a, in my Benfica shirt and I'm going to the game, I, I hope that unless I start shit with someone, dude, don't not do like that. that. Don't even, don't not. even I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But dude, I went. Me and Bill went to England. And dude, I went. Chelsea we went to Stamford Bridge, Chelsea Arsenal, and I was going to wear an Arsenal pullover. And we were sitting amongst the fans, and a friend of ours, Fergus, uh, he said, "Listen, if you're going to Stamford Bridge, watch Chelsea Arsenal. You need to put something else on." I couldn't wear an Arsenal shirt. I couldn't even celebrate. He's like, "If they score, yeah. don't celebrate." That game ended zero zero, but like he was dude, like, "Don't celebrate." 
and there was kids in front of us, Arsenal fans. Yeah, next like, to us, talking so much shit about yeah. Chelsea. I'm I was like, like, dude. I turned to Mike at one kicked. point. I turned to Mike at one point. I go, if shit pops off, yeah, you're. With I'm a us. neutral. <laughs> I'm a neutral. <laughs> but right to your point, Kenny. Right, like just wearing the shirt, and I think Oscar was going to say that as well. Right, like just even wearing the shirt amongst the fans. Again, there's going to be assholes that are going to give you trouble, and there's going to be fans that or welcoming right and i think it should be like that but like um kevin said right too many bad apples not just in the ultras but just in fans there's 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 people that are sick and sitting amongst the fans that aren't in the ultras and just have this hatred mentality right like you can't be a fan right like i hate you right it's not even just the big teams like i i went to the mayfica shavs game in shavs a few years ago and there was this she was like 80 or 90 years old when benfica scored the game winning goal there were Benfica fans like behind her celebrating. She legit turned around with the Bengala and just started fucking <laughs> swinging, dude. Like 80, 90 years old. And I was like, okay, I mean, like, she's been through the shit with Shavs and they were in the first division. So she wasn't taking it from anyone. But it's just, it's just, it's like a, when it's like you get those fans that it's like in their blood and they can't just like separate that it's just a fucking game. Yep. Like, you're gonna have issues. Yeah, like I think that. I, I do think it's it's mostly like the clocks. I mean, like I said, I I have family split. Benfica Porto. They've gone to Porto games. They walk in there together. They've never had any issues. Maybe maybe that's that's the difference. Obviously, you know, walking you're by alone, yourself. Yeah, by yourself. Probably it's not something smart you should do. But um, I did want to say I think it was uh, Kevin who mentioned about the the Montreal going to yep. school or whatever. I would say that I think that's where it starts, right? I, I, it's got to start higher. It's got to start with um, the federation, uh, you know, the, the country itself. They got to start doing the same type of um, preventative measures that, like, we've done in Portugal to kind of cut that stuff out of out of the game. Unless that happens, and I think you know, even like, stop, if I'm an MLS team or, or you know, any, you know, I'm not going to Mexico to play any games until that that stuff's figured out. And I think it starts with the federation first, then then the 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 country itself and the league itself, and and from there on out. So we'll see what happens. I think I the agree. only way to like truly cut it out of the game. I mean, they did it in England, like they legit just shut down the stadium, like they banned all fans, and it, I mean, it fixed it for years in England, and now you're starting to. But it's not as bad as it, it was back in up. the day. Right, exactly. It's not as bad, but you're starting to see it creep up more often now uh, in England. But I mean, that was the only way to fix it. Like they, they got to the point where they had to just empty stadiums, and, or, and that or, was it. Or, or like I would go as severe as moving that team to second division. Hey, right there, that's your punishment. Get the fuck out now. Yeah, but does that does that fix it? Like then you just got the fans. The people. You have the fans right. that are more pissed that now they're in the fucking second division and they're gonna go. Right. Good. Fuck Don't up. be assholes. No, they're, they're gonna go middle fans fans instead of. Not, to me, they're not fans. They're, I agree yeah. with you, Kenny. It's, it's almost. It's almost like uh, like I said about the flares, right? If this happened to Shari Deluge, right, and the the Manfica fans threw flares into the into the game or any other fans because it happened to Shari Deluge. I would suspend the fans for, for empty and empty the stadium for the next whatever games the X games, and the fans would be like, "Shit, I'm not gonna do that again because I'm hurting my team." That's that's if if they have a head on their some of them are animals, so they don't even have a head. But you know, <laughs> Agripino says, "Começar a castigar os clubes. Lyon e Marseille um adepto mandou uma garrafa ao jogador de Marseille. Ficou adiado. O jogo ficou adiado e voltaram a jogar e tiraram um ponto ao Lyon. E esse adepto não pode mais vir." 
uh, ir ver o seu Lyon. Right? Exactly, right? Identificar quem faz estas merdas, mas mais uma vez, é uma, uma das razões que uh, muito dos adeptos, entre aspas, uh, não querem o cartão de adepto, porque depois ficam identificados, mas mesmo you, assim há câmaras. I have, I have a question, a couple of repeat. So, if you can't, say, say you can't buy any more tickets under your name, what if somebody, I, I buy a ticket under my, my, my brother's name and they... But that's the problem is, is that in Portugal, it's not like that. For example, in Italy, when you buy a ticket, the ticket's identified to you. Even if you buy it for someone else, the ticket's identified for you. So now you're right? So trouble. you're identified. Exactly. That's the thing. There has to be an identification process of whose ticket is this. Right. right? And that's so how you start identifying. I bought a ticket for you. And, and, and but you I have to put the name of who it's for. There was a there was just recently one of the, the dirigents from one of the clubs that is in Italy. His name was spelt wrong on the ticket. And they didn't let him into the stadium. They had to go reprint the ticket for him. So they show ID and show the ticket. Correct. The name is associated to you. Yeah, and you luck. have to validate. Good yeah, luck. there's no way. They barely look at your ticket in Portugal. Never mind. <laughs> You're sitting there looking through. You That's skin, the thing. You like You, you can identify these guys, right? But like, let's say you got a list of like 30 guys. How are you going to, yeah. on game day, be able to track 65, that? 65,000 people. You're going to track it's, 30? Like, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Um... Carlos says they have, they have to identify these guys no matter how long it takes. Mas o macaco foi castigado três meses e no fim de semana estava lá no dragão. Estava lá no dragão porque ele recorreu ao castigo. Por isso o castigo ainda não está ativo. É por isso que ele ainda está no estádio. Bill mentioned 70s, 80s was very rough for fans in England. Don't know how they fixed the problem. Hooligans were a big problem. They took away alcohol. And England was banned from European competitions for a number of years. Um, no dia de jogo era obrigado a estar na esquadra. Exatamente. Um, that's what they should do, right? Verify everyone, check everyone before those ultras go to the stadium. Um, I did want to say one more thing. Oh, to t finish this off quickly. Uh, what's even worse about the whole entire situation that happened in Mexico is the authorities in uh, Cuartara, they had the decency to come out and say there were no casualties. There were a lot of injuries and critical conditions, but no one died. I don't know if any of them saw the videos that were circulating on the internet, but I don't know how the fact that they can come out and try to hide it and say that there were no casualties is absolutely astonishing. Uh, but doesn't surprise me. Yeah, those, those, um, those, those, no, those, yeah. Those, over there, they even even when like the tour the the tourism over there when like there was cartels going through, yeah, they were trying to say like, oh no, we're safe here. Don't worry, yeah, you can come. Yeah. Like they always, yeah, yeah they, it's, they don't again, want it's to a different mentality over there. Yeah, different yeah. culture. Um, we're gonna skip the the contract situation just because there's a topic here, obviously that we want to hopefully close off and and bury the hatchet here. Um, PZ gave an interview this weekend to to record. Um, Obviously, he's still Benfica's players on loan. Whether it was an authorized interview or not, I don't know. I, I've tried to see if I can get some information, but I don't have confirmations. Um, Rui Vitoria had uh, a comment in there or had a video call with PZ. Bruno Lange had a video call with PZ. Um, and Oscar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the floor to tell before, us. Before Oscar goes <laughs> off, I know he was asking for public apologies. <laughs> I'll be the first one. No, no, do no, not be the first one to say it. Because I, I kept saying when there was smoke this fire, and yeah. from the comments that the managers made, Rui Tony and Bruno Elijah, it doesn't seem like 
he was one of the problem people in the locker room, I guess. I mean, Look at this guy getting all soft straight away. Oh, yeah, so just, he just puts man. his hands up right away. The wanna, cops walk into say, the room, walk into the party. They bust the door. Why want to We heard from one guy. What do you mean? <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to give one side of the story. I'm going to give Oscar the floor. Go ahead, Oscar. All right, so Peasy, what? Let's talk about Peasy for a little bit. He's got notes. He's got notes. Holy shit. How many pages? How many pages real quick? How many pages? No, no. no I, just got, I just got my phone. <laughs> the notes. No, but so we we all assume Kredem and put PZ starts problems and Ramirez starts problems. Rafa starts problems. I was always the one. Dude, all these coaches think PZ starts problems, but they all play them. They all play them. PZ and Rafa and Almeida at that time, Rui Vitoria and Laj probably had their best seasons at Benfica, right? So with Rui Vitoria and Bruno Laj. There's other players that fell off the tracks, but PZ, Rafa, and Almeida seem like they're always having a good, uh, the, the best seasons. So to me, it was like, it didn't make sense how a coach... Like you had a problem with the coach, but the coach kept playing you. You had a problem with the coach, you gave up on the team, but you had your best season. So like, it just didn't make sense to me. And then you guys started talking about where there's fire, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's smoke, there's fire. They you know the Correa Manas said a billion times that PZ and Rafa and Almeida are the problems in the Valinario. So blah blah blah. Just put your own trainers after trainers because. You know what? It's probably a fucking uh, a, a fan on that or somebody else's fan that puts this wood into the fire and lets like gullible people believe and run with it. It's almost like uh, it's like the, the and I'm not gonna get into politics, but I'm gonna get into politics. It's like the <laughs> the Trumpers, the Trumpers that believe everything Trump says type of thing, right? Oh God! So 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 it's, it's and they, they go with it. Like uh, that's what I mean. Like. Like like the, the one time Trump said I could kill somebody in the middle of the street and my, I won't lose fans. Well, and the other side case, the other side doesn't go with it either. No, it does. But I'm just what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say here is innocent until proven guilty, right? That's the, the that's the motto. Like innocent until proven guilty. You said I want to hear the coaches come out and and publicly say this happened or this didn't happen. I haven't heard them come out and say it didn't happen, so maybe it must have happened. That, that's not innocent until proven guilty, buddy. Unless you want to read you some legal documents, that's not innocent until proven guilty. In, innocent until proven guilty is when you hear a, a, a statement like this: Rui and Bruno Lage both come out and say, "You were a, a grand jugador. You have any team that is lucky to have you." To me, is a statement saying, "Peace, you're not the problem." What he did at the Dragão is defend Benfica as a captain, like we all agreed should have happened. It should have never came outside. And then Jesus didn't have a problem with him defending Benfica, and the players said, "No, he didn't do anything wrong." Like the the, the interview said, he didn't do anything wrong. But PC goes, "I didn't beg for them to be on my side. They chose to be on my side because they thought I was in the right." Right. So, so I believe that we as fans, basically, like disrespected PZ and what he means to Benfica. It, not me, because I was always one of the, the guys that made him. <laughs> but the Benfica fans, majority of Benfica fans, disrespected Bizi and what he meant to Benfica. And I don't, and, and because of that kind of stuff is why I don't I don't blame Grimaldus for not renewing. Because they can go from being a superstar to being trash in two days. That's that's how I end my thing. <laughs> Kenny, I'm gonna pass it to you. No, give, give it to the... Bill. Give it to Bill. I don't I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Bill, do you have anything to add to that? Or do you want to continue your sob uh, story of an apology? It's not a sob story of an apology. I'm just <laughs> from the comments, like we, me and Kenny have both said it. Like 
until the managers come out and say anything, like you don't know the full story. And from the comments that we saw from Bruno Lais and Ruby Tadia, it makes it seem like PZ wasn't the problem person. I think Agripingu mentions like that someone, you don't know who. Yeah, we've all said that. And like those were the reports at the time and the reports were PZ was one of them. If PZ was one of those players, do you think those managers would then turn and do this interview or be on this interview saying like he's a great player and he managers lucky to have him? Like the like you would expect those managers would get the phone call and be like, no, fuck you. I'm not doing a fucking interview for PZ. So like the way I look at it, yep, I thought PZ was from all the reports. He was one of those players. And it turns out it looks like it in this way. Like he's not, he wasn't one of those players that was the ones responsible for getting rid of some of these managers. Okay. Agrippino says, PZ ajudou uh, e fez muito pelo Benfica, mas penso como tudo o tempo dele e do André Almeida chegou ao fim no Benfica. We've talked about it before. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I even said, like, like a player runs the course. I And cycles. It, it, this, yeah. this run, the player runs their course, but what the way the Benfica fans disrespected PZ, it to me is beyond the running the course. You you won't see Manchester United saying that to Ronaldo because they what the story that Ronaldo has with Manchester United, right? Because they respect him, they respect what, he, what he's done for Manchester United, even though like he wasn't there the whole, his whole career. But PZ had his best career or his best years at Benfica. Did a lot for Benfica. Scored the most goals as a midfielder ever for Benfica, right? Has better numbers than than that legends like Rui Costa and John Pinto have for Benfica, right? So, like, for fans to just be, toss that away just because he see Correa da Manhã say, say a story about him being uh, the reason why he gets problems is, is almost like gullible fans that disrespected him. They disrespected him as a player and as a, as a man. And I think he deserved better. I'll tell you what, if, and this is a big if, if Benfica signed off on this interview, which Mike had brought up the fact that there's been reports that maybe they didn't, but if Benfica signed off on this, my thought, I never, I, when he left, I was like, that's not, he's, it's done. He'll go out alone, comes back and they'll figure out like where he's going to go after this. But if Benfica signed off on this interview, I could see him coming back next season and staying on the team, not being a star, but being one of those locker room presidents, a rotational type of guy. Um, and that is a big, if Benfica signed off on him doing this interview, because this, this is like a PZ piece, like clear the air, let all the fans know, like you weren't behind all this shit and all the reports that have been happening and shit on JJ. I mean, I still think, I mean, I still think he's to blame on JJ's JJ's, uh, because he stood up for what Benfica sucking. He stood up. Okay, so better. okay, so hold on. I just want to read you a quote. I want to read you a quote. Right? He said, "PZ said, o que se passou foi que depois do jogo no Porto aconteceu uma coisa completamente normal de um balneário. É um desagrado normal de todos os jogadores." From what we heard, right? The Rui Vitória and the Bruno Lage thing. I think we have enough confirmation to believe that he may not have been right, and I agree with that. But the JJ thing, right, the interview that Rui Costa came out and did, in my opinion, based on what he said, what happened wasn't a normal thing, the Valniario, right? And and he didn't want to, he, as he went on, he didn't, they touched on it again and he, he avoided it again. He basically said, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to clear the air 
and he he avoided the last question about it. For me, and I think Kenny's going there is the most recent one. I'm not convinced that it was a coisa normal que acontece no balneário, but I'll pass it to you, Kenny. Sorry for interrupting. So no, no, and I I, I was going to get there. So to start off with with Bruno Lage and and Rui Vitória. So I agree that they're clearly they asked Bruno Lage and, and Rui Vitória to come on and save face and and kind of you know put put all these these rumors to rest right and i think they did that i would agree with you oscar that clearly there's something else that went on but whoever's feeding the information to the papers that the these rumors are not all very true right my issue though is why didn't bruno lage specifically when the rumor came out why didn't he hash you know get get that out of you know, knock that to the wind. Why? That that would be my question to Bruno Lage. Why wait until PZ's been sent off and now Ricard's coming over? Hey, can we kind of put all this to rest and, and can you can you give give him a, a you know some sort of whatever a speech or whatever the hell you want to call it, some sort of a message to him? That's my issue because he could have easily put this all to rest, but he didn't. Now, in regards to uh, and we also have a bigger problem, right? If it wasn't because Bruno Lage also said, oh, right? They started putting things in the papers. Well, who the hell is the leak? Where is right, this? To say the names then. Is it is it the Dita Sound? Because if but, it's the Dita Sound, then we have a whole big said, fucking problem said, there. O mesmo grupo de pessoas... was the group pessoas are under Almeida, Rafa, and Pizzi. And that's not, that, they just confirmed it's not them, it's somebody else. Well, and, it's not Pizzi. But like it's they say, but like they say in Portuguese, right? Chamar os bois pelos nomes. Right? If, if you're going to say, o grupo de pessoas, then quem são? Why did you let it drag on this long? Did you watch any interview where somebody asked Bruno Lage, isso é verdade sobre o Pizzi? And he said, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I right. don't know. I don't so, know. So you think Bruno Lage is going to be like, hey, let me, hey, can I have a press conference so I can uh, clear well, if, if, if he likes Peasy so much and he's seeing his oh, player dude. getting dragged under the rug, you're not going to say something? Hey, let's let me clear the rumor here. That's not they true. Did they did it to him too. It's more. It's more like. It's more like it, it, this to them is normal. It's it, like people talk shit and. People and this could all. Food. And this could all be orchestrated to save Peasy's fucking, you know, legacy <laughs> with Ben. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's you, true. You said I, I, could, I could easily say. You said, all I need to hear is Bruno Lars or Grivitoria. You said that. Didn't did my line about this? All no, I need to say I, we've, heard, we've heard their side of the story. We've heard their side of the story. I so, agree. Now you're going to come up with orchestrated. You come whether, up with whether, orchestrated. whether it's not orchestrated or not, fine. Okay. It's I, not orchestrated. It's put to rest. It's put to rest. It's put to rest. Those two incidences, I've, I'll put to rest. Clearly, he's uh, Bruno Lars is good, good with PZ. PZ is good with him. There was no issue there. But there is there is a leak, and that that needs to be figured out. I mean, there's there's clearly an issue there, and it's been an issue for quite some time now. To what Mike was saying about Jarzus Duj, I still 100% believe PZ's at fault for that whole situation. 
In my because opinion, he he's up. at fault. Because he spoke up. First of all, he spoke up in a game where the coach wasn't there. Okay. And he could have, he could, you can say that it wasn't, but in the Spartan game, previous two games before that, I think it was, same bad results, same bad performance. Jarzazuz was, was not suspended. He did not say anything. All two right. days later, he sees an opportunity where the coach no, is not no, there no, and he says something. No, but he no, also no, said, so he said, hold on, I'm just going to add to that, Kenny. He said, Apenas disse que deveríamos todos dar muito mais para honrar o símbolo que trazíamos ao peito. I don't believe that's all he okay. said. If that's all he said, I don't believe that JJ would have suspended him for that. And I'm glad you're quoting it because I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, wrote I, read, I read into it the same way as you just did. If right. that is the case, foi uma coisa normal, respeitar, right. we have to play with more, respeitar o, o, o símbolo mm -hmm. no, na camisola, there's no way JJ's coming in the next day and saying, hey, Falash smile, or, or you you misspoke. You didn't have the right to speak there, and you're gonna get. I agree you're, with you're, that. Go no, no. train, go train by yourself. There, no there, fucking chance. There's no chance. Dude, and, was, and JJ's a, lo a, a loose cannon, but there's no fucking chance he's he's doing that. There but, there's 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 a a comment that he said. He also goes, "No próximo dia, like at this, the, yeah. we got punished." He goes, "Pedi yeah. desculpa por me ter exaltado talvez um bocado mais." Right? Okay. He said that. He said things he shouldn't have said. And he said, and obviously, obviously, Jesus goes by training apart, right? That was his punishment for right? Sometimes, but, but when you don't have a coach, like in the locker room, because he was suspended, I expect the captain to step up and talk the truth and say, like, the coach usually does that job. And I hope Jesus did it in the sporting, right? But when the coach is not there and we had an assistant coach that was replacing, but he really was not a talker, I want a captain. I want Otamendi. I want Bizi. I want whoever it is that was wearing the armband to step up and fucking say the truth. We got, we're playing for a, a Benfica. We're not playing for, for Chaves or, or whoever it is. We're playing for Benfica and we just kind of humiliated and, and, and with our rivals. So I want them to speak the truth and they use a lot of swears. We swear right here. Doesn't mean I'm Otofata Respeito Ativo Kill. We swear because we play with, we talk with passion, right? But like, and I expect PZ to do that as a as a, a, a pissed off player that just got humiliated by his his rival. So I don't blame PZ for what he said. I probably shouldn't have said things words that pro that he's probably said, right? You know, towards Jesus or whatnot. But then again, he got punished. And according to the interview, he got punished. He walked away. All right, the players said it, there's no reason for to punish him he spoke the truth and we were, we were behind him that's according to the interview i'm, I'm only uh, like recording the interview i'm not making shit up right so he goes i i did not ask the players to come after me or to, to be on my side i spoke my truth right and then the players felt like getting me getting punished was not fair they they believed everything i said was true they should have played better everybody should have given more and we have to represent the symbol right so yeah, Jesus probably took a, a, a butt hurt because he said PZ probably said a few. Dude, dude, there's a hierarchy, dude. You, if if the man, the man, if the manager tells you why train not apart, why train not apart, and the rest of the players. But the problem with Benfica is the players took the the players stood by stood on their own. They didn't take the coach's side, and then Rui Costa also didn't take didn't take the coach's side. There's a hierarchy there, and the hierarchy wasn't there's not it wasn't uh, respected. And so at that point, like we've all talked about, JJ's time there was done, absolutely done. There's no coming back from that. And so for me, the the the, the piece that changed it all was that incident with PZ. Now I don't know what he. I'm I'm kind of reading some of the stuff on the side. Whether he said, you know, Menteu Falku and Dava, 
andava com as ideias do Flamengo. Yeah. Again, if if something like that was said about the if I'm the coach and something was said like that to about me, whether whether it was true or, or a rumor, again, if it's a rumor, it's not rumor, it's true. Listen, but there was but the truth was that he wasn't going to go there. But the, the rumor is he was having dinner with the pres president of Flamengo when he came when the president of Flamengo Correct. came to get a coach. Correct, but right. you can't so stop as, them as, from being friends. As a player, as a captain to Benfica, I want my coach to be Fukado no Benfica, right? And yeah. that's the, those news coming now. And if you guys believe Correia da Manhã, then believe that shit too, right? I don't disagree with you. All right. So, so, so those rumors. Come if that was said, but if that was said, I think, in my opinion, that's and as a captain, that's you're totally entitled to question that. But for me, I think that's a question to be asked in private. No, but I think in, I think I think PZ big... saying what he said in the locker room it came from the the loss, right? It came from the loss, Correct. and he stood up and he said what he had to say, the truth. Probably but do you said, think that's all he said? Most likely said stuff he shouldn't he shouldn't say when it comes okay, to players and, and towards in towards the the with the coach and whatnot, right? But I've said it. We've all here said correct. That I don't disagree with that. Mean when we're pissed off after a loss. I don't disagree with that. And, and you don't think that that is saying that. Uh, uh, is is like this treinador. You lose. You're losing. You're losing the the status that I have as a manager, and my my captain is saying that about me to all my to all my players. You're you're put. You're being shoved out the door. So that to me is despedir o treinador by the oh, things God. that you're saying. Dude, if 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 PZ had the, the power to despedir o Jorge Jesus, then Jorge Jesus should never be there in the first place. Unfortunately, if... unfortunately, it happened because the chain reaction of that was that the players took his side, and then Rui Costa also had to to make a decision and, and decided to 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 get rid of him. No, and then at the end of the... according to Rui Costa. Be, be, uh, Jesus told Ricosta, "Non tenho mais condições because I mean, it was obvious. <laughs> obvious. Mais aqui. So they mutually agreed to go, Correct. right? So he didn't get fired because hey, you're you're done because I mean, he doesn't like you. He, he, he basically got fired. Yeah, he basically got fired, both, but it was in a nicer realized, way. Just yeah. because George Jesus realized it first didn't mean Ricosta didn't realize it too. <laughs> There's no way that you yeah, can see that situation but, and be like, yeah, you can go tomorrow and coach these guys again. Dude, I, this this is me personally. Well, if if PZ said what I'm assuming he said, right after that game, it's something I would absolutely would have said myself, right? If the if it, it, it's something any of us as captains would have said, and you guys can say deny it and say, say not. A, I don't yes disagree no. with you. I, I would have said the exact same thing. That shit probably happens in 80, 75, 80 percent of the stadiums in around the world, right? With when they after a bad loss, the captain stands up and says his truth. You've seen you've seen stories of people throwing fists between players because they disagreed and they talk shit to each other, right? And and the thing is, it doesn't come outside to the public. The problem is, this came out to the public, and therefore they had to make decisions because the public was waiting for those decisions to be made. But if it happened internally, because it happens in Porto all the time, I'm, I'm assuming. Sergio Cusicel at one point then then almost come to fist fight with one of the the the, the players. I forget the name, but but it was it was known. But they kept it quiet. They never had to come out and do it mortigo because of explain this and explain that. Ricosta had to come and do an interview. No, they kept it inside, and you'll forget about it eventually. And not, nothing is whatever. I I agree with Mikey that there's a time and place for it. Uh, that certain like if you wanna you wanna you know stand by your team and say we we as players have to do better. We as players need to do this. That's fine. But if you're gonna badmouth the coach in whatever way, whether it's a rumor or, or something that you think. There's another time and place for that. You got to address that with with your manager. As a coach, you, I mean, 
you have that respect with your manager. You're you're the you're the voice of the team. You have that separate with the manager and figure that out individually. I think it was a poor decision on his part to to bring that up in the locker room because I think I that stemmed the rest of the events that happened. And so, okay. so unfortunately, so, they're both not here now. So so so, so, P, so saying that no balinario, right? That's a private area. Balinario just between the team and the staff, right? But. Gilberto and Verissimo on a Champions League stage telling him to fuck off is not is not public enough to 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 lose a coach. So, I don't think they said for him to fuck off. They reacted to his request, but it. Vai but again, porra. That's that's what exactly Gilberto said. Go back and, and see it. I know that's what he said, but like Vai that's a common porra. that's a common term that you see Brazilians oh, say. So 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 Jesus has to keep the ufoco no equipa is a bad language to the coach. But by tomorrow, Kupora on a on a Champions League stage TV, that's not that's that's the, that's the respect in the coach. I don't understand what you're trying to argue here. What I'm trying to say is somebody said to the coach, by tomorrow, Kupora, right? Yeah. And and the other one said the coach has to keep the foco no Benfica. Well, that's what we're assuming, right? Like one, we know what was said. The other one, we're right again. We're assuming. Well, we're, we're, we're blaming more pieces for we we don't know than we are for what we know. Fair. We're not we're not we're not saying Gilberto fired George Zeus because I guarantee uh, the whole team heard Gilberto say that to George Zeus on Champions League. Does that mean, oh, dude, that's right. Gilberto's right. But Manu Kujar's douche. I think those are, I, I do think that those are just things that, that are said. Like, if, dude, we know, hold on, hold on. We know that JJ is, is an old school coach who's on top of your ass the whole time. He wants you in the right position. He's probably been yelling at him the whole 15 minutes of that game or however long it was to put him in position. And he kind of had enough. He's like, ah, like it's it's i just think it's just one of those things like oh fuck off you know like oh I, really? that's okay on the Champions no, League, but, on TV. but he didn't i don't even think it was direct i i, I don't remember the moment exactly he looked directly at that it was a throw in jesus was yelling at him and he just biked mano cooper like that on live tv well look i i i'm not i don't i don't know what to say about that it's it's I mean, the whole situation sucks. I think that um, I don't know what what this it, it, the interview with BZ, I think, was to kind of clear some of the, the rumors out there. And I think it did that. I think I agree with Oscar. It cleared up some of the old rumors. I don't agree that what happened that day, no, no, um, what PZ said that it was tudo normal. I don't think it was normal. I think it was the first chip in a long series of chips that ended up both of them leaving, unfortunately. And. I don't know what it's going to happen. Like, I don't know if this was like to clear the air so that when he comes back next year, things kind of start fresh. I don't know if this is just a thing that Ricard did on the side without any, like you said, without any. I also um, find it strange that it's on Ricard. Yeah, they're one of the culprits of like generating right. all this bullshit media. Like when you look at the or, the newspapers in Portugal, yeah, like it's Avala is the Benfica friendly yeah. newspaper. So, like, I just find it funny that. This is coming out in record. Yeah, but yeah hopefully we don't have to talk about it anymore. Seriously, it's so hopefully it's done and dusted now. I just wanted to give Oscar his five minutes well, because I, I know well, he I was happy. I haven't heard Kenny apologize, but I guess he won't do it. <laughs>
He's gonna do it in private. There's a moment yeah. in place for yeah. <laughs> oh, nice not, not live on TV. Oh, please. And what and what and look at all of what Jesus has done for the team and you don't give a shit either. You think you think no, this team's I, better I, off without him right no, now? No, 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 no. I, I've said it many times. I respect what Jesus has done for me. Oh because... please, you've told him to suck your dick and you've told him oh, yeah. to you have... mad and you've told, you've season, told him to fuck season, off plenty of times. After he left the first time, I didn't want nothing to do with him. As a coach, I really I think he's he's arrogant. I don't like him as a coach. He's, he's old school, it's an old school mentality that those I'm type not, of coaches are I, gone. I know. So I don't like that kind of personality. And Benfica, I have a choice. I can make my own decisions when it comes to person. Brulaj, yes. That person, as a coach, I like. Even though he, he ran his course too, he lost six games in a row, one on, he, he had to go, he had to go. But that's the profile per, trainer that I like in the Benfica, that Brulaj type. Okay. When Jesus finally took over that first year, and winning fucking eight, seven, six nothings. You liked that mentality. You liked no, the, I like I like I like the team and I respect the team you put together. Yes, Lima and Kambu you liked his mentality. You liked that that no, rasa that I he had that, that push. When, you when, did in the when, beginning. You did, and then it ran its when, course. When, when he started swinging the three fingers or four fingers to the 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 Tottenham coach, why not? I like that. I like that, that. I, dude. That's embarrassing. I can love that. You guys can say whatever. It's because I hate Tottenham. <laughs> but, just, but then, but then, not even the same epoch. Did you guys? Like that too? No. Uh, Please. Karma's a bitch, my friend. Karma's a bitch. And it sucks when you lose. But in the beginning, when we were when we were throwing it down and, and putting putting up good performances, you loved the Ras and you yeah, loved I, I, I've admitted that's probably the best team I've seen Benfica have in my lifetime was when Jesus was there. I I never denied that. The second time around, I think was a lot of wasted money on players that didn't pan out. Normalmente um treinador não deve voltar onde ganhou porque não dá resultado. I agree. That's what they say. You shouldn't go I back. Learned, I learned my lesson. I wanted him back. I learned my lesson. I agree because you lose, you lose your legacy. Now his his legacy is tarnished, and and it didn't work out. Unfortunately, it didn't and work out. I'm pretty out. sure if he had gone back to Flamengo, they probably wouldn't do good either. It, it's like a, it, I think he's going to go back. Fans already don't like Paulo Souza. I feel like he's going to go back at the end. And he's going to ruin. He's going to ruin his his legacy there too. Probably. Uh, there was one comment I wanted to give here to you, Oscar, since you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, Red Baron says, my conspiracy theory was that Jorge Jesus and his entourage were behind this. Otavio Machado's desta vida. A lot of that right. information was coming out in those shows. And he's friends oh. with Otavio Machado. No, what was the, the guy from the port, the, the um, canal? Do, it was a soccer channel. It was like they're talking. The guy goes, immune from the sound. It was, what was his name? It's Ooh. from uh, uh, a of no, it was no. They talk. They think of a guy, a sporting guy, in a Portuguese talking. Not through the talk. It was another one that the guy. It was the Portuguese guy, right? I forget um, his name too. It was the Portuguese. Yeah, the Portuguese said it first. That was Ligador. That was Anibal Pinto. Anibal yes, Pinto. Right. So, so, so that guy said it, and I'm yeah. like. Who the hell is like he said? I just got a text message. Yeah, text message. So somebody had to come from Benfica. Somebody in Benfica. Yeah. And, that's where and, I think that's where our problem is. We need to find out what's happening there. Whether it's is it is it the players? Is it is you know who's leaking this shit? Is it is it disgruntled players or is I, it? I, I, I kind of I kind of agree with Red, Red Baron. Like it could be the the, the Jesus entourage. They're very friendly with Porto. I, there was rumors that that was they were the ones that were pushing that news in the media. They were very friendly with Porto. Jesus admits it himself. He's Costa. He's, he's like very friends, good friends with them. So I never, you never know, because the the stuff before with the with the PZ Bruno Lage and all that, that stuff never came out. It's just rumors. This right. this thing facts came out this time from the Balneario, right? So so somebody from inside the Balneario is saying leaking this stuff out. Some even said 
the, it was Benfica's direção. They were trying to get JJ out. So it's another conspiracy theory for you. Um, we went a little, bit, a little bit longer, but we didn't have as much stoppage time as the game did this weekend. So we're still under the clock here. <laughs> um, we didn't have 30 uh, flares coming at us. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Oscar threw a couple of flares. I, yeah. you know, I dodged them and weaved them, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we got away with it. I still um, want to hear JJ's side of the story too. So. Yeah. He I, probably I, won't say, he probably won't. I want to see. I'll be interested to see if he actually ends up saying anything about the it. Abola should go, go make the interview with him now. And see yeah, seriously. Get the other side of the story. Um, I want to thank everyone that was in the comments. There was quite a few comments. Um, I know it's late for Agripino and maybe some of the other guys, so thanks for tuning in. Um, makes it a lot more enjoyable to be able to just kind of bounce opinions and get your thoughts on, on what you guys are thinking and, and be part of the conversation. Don't forget to give us a like, follow, subscribe, um, share this, retweet it. Um, hopefully we can reach a few more uh followers jason said the interview with jj would be a documentary or this oh jay is here too can you can jay i, I mean a, apology on text can count can i can if you want i can if you yeah. want i can tell you exactly what jay said to me in a text message I'm gonna yeah i don't it. give a shit i wanted to he said, you know what mike maybe maybe you should reach out to jj and try to get him on here i'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question oh, yes oh my god imagine that he said honestly i don't care he's full of shit and i don't believe him and i don't care if Roger <laughs> vitaria came out in his support every single newspaper was wrong that i read and there was a conflict come on man i don't buy it no coach i know has ever talked bad about a player period so it makes sense that they didn't speak about him there's much more but i think you get the sense he did say dude left two months ago and we're still talking about this fucking prick i'll Seriously, give in but- i'll give in a little but you're never gonna get tank to give in no, Tank no. will never give in. But you, there you go. Ramos just fired. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> um, Agripino says, uma questão muito importante. Penso para o futuro próximo vai ter de escolher um bom treinador, senão Rui Costas vai ser muito contestado. Isso é a questão muito importante. Quem é que vai vir para o próximo campeonato, para a próxima época? Será Nelson Veríssimo? Espero que não. Uh, I think about Pereira, since he's thinking about leaving Brazil. Hey, that could have been a good option. We'll see. We'll see. There's, there's a lot of options out there. We'll see who's going to be picked. But concordo contigo, Agripino. Esta será uma das maiores, se não a maior decisão que o Rui Costa terá que tomar uh, como presidente do Benfica. Um, Red Baron, great show. Kevin, great show as always. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Força Benfica from Carlos. Jason says, I'm going to score it again. Um, again, as I said, thank you everyone that was watching. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe. Uh, we'll be back on two, or Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time with the Portuguese podcast with a different group of dudes. Um, us, for ourselves, will be back next week uh, to talk about the Vizela game. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, League of the Palpite, our prediction league, Jason is still on top with 43 points um, or 44 points. Kenny has made a monstrous comeback. He's in second place now with 41. With Oscar. um, Oscar's in, in that pool as well he's got 41 points um bill's got 38 in ninth place i got 35 you know i'm slow and unsteady i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have like, to start an investigation here there might be some <laughs> listen you gotta some, some funds gotta, going around you gotta be moving here, funds okay? check check the uh check venmo. the uh venmo venmo feed <laughs> <laughs> you'll find them um gentlemen as always a pleasure it was a good conversation it ran a little bit long but i didn't even realize the time was ticking but uh hope you guys enjoyed it as well uh, we will be back. Have a good evening. E- Vivo Benfica. Vivo Pizzi. Vivo Pizzi. <laughs>